yo, and welcome to the latest episode of NXT Talk, the show where we chat about all things NXT, whether you're leveling up, whether you're main eventing, or whether you're our stateside and on Tuesday nights on the USA Network. We've got you covered. I'm Boris, and as always, I am joined by Matt. Bonjour. How's everybody doing out there? We hope you're doing well. Boris, also, sometimes we got to talk about the big news stories in wrestling, the big news stories worldwide. And today we have a huge one. That's right. Brooks Jensen has a girlfriend. All the major outlets are reporting it. Boris, CNN, uh, you know, Fox News, etc. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) You you completely caught me off guard with that one. I had kudos on that one. But seriously, um, what a crazy 12 hours it's been. About mo- about more, like about 16 hours. And we had fully intended to record this right after NXT so that everybody can get the show results, take it in, enjoy them, and then get ready for a great episode of Dynamite that's going to happen on Wednesday. But then the internet seemed to break and things were going crazy and there was a bunch of news, speculation, rumors, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So... Matt and I were talking a lot, and we kind of decided, you know, for for, for many reasons, part of it anger, part of it personal, but at the end of the day, I think I wanted, and we made the right call when we said, okay, let's wait, see what news comes out so that we can give people the full uh, app up-to-date, as-it-stands timeline. Uh, So that's exactly what we're going to be doing, and, you know, it's crazy. Like, I think it kind of sucks. I mean, I feel bad for the NXT uh, roster. It's like the one time that they get all the attention. It's not about them. Yeah, no, completely overshadowed last night. I, I was uh, honestly, I had to go back and watch some of NXT today because I was half paying attention. I was on my phone a lot last night. Uh, Stephanie McMahon resigned, and there are big rumors of a forthcoming WWE sale. But as Boris said, he's got the timeline ready. And uh, yeah, break it down for us, homie. Exactly. All right. So you know, let let's just let's start this with, like, just 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 you know, let's put it let's put it out there, Matt. We're not reporters. We're not journalists. No. We're not trained media people. I wouldn't even consider myself an insider. We are fans who like talking about wrestling and have been lucky enough to be given a podcast and a platform to chat about this but we in by by no means consider ourselves reporters or anything the like right and 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 i think that's the really important distinction that i want to make right now so you know i'm going to break this apart into a couple sections we're going to talk about the news because there's some news buried that got buried in all of this that happened around 6 36 p.m and then rumors and hearsay and a lot of other stuff happen. And we're going to break this up into three sections. What we know, the rumors, the updates, and then we'll take it from there. So let's get started with what we know. Um, and, and this is the news. So it's been a crazy few hours at 6.36 p.m. New York time, Eastern Standard Time on Tuesday. Stephanie McMahon tweeted to announce that she was not only leaving the co-CE role um, that she assumed last summer, but was resigning from the company altogether. That's earth-breaking and shattering enough, right? Like, that's crazy. Like, that's how all of this started right at 636. Matt, thoughts right there on, again, what actually happened and is official. 
I mean, yeah, just humongous news. Stephanie McMahon out. She's been working for WWE other than like taking that time off uh, a little bit ago. She'd been working for WWE on and off since what she was like 15, maybe younger. You know what I mean? Like, that's just crazy that she's out of the company seemingly for good at this moment. Right. So and it's important right now. I don't want to insert speculation as to why she left. And that's it. In doing so, she also kind of hinted and revealed that her father, Vincent McMahon, Vince McMahon is returning to his former role as executive chair with Nick Khan remaining as sole CEO and Paul Triple H Levesque is staying on as chief content officer. So that all came out with her tweet and her kind of message uh, of thanking everyone, the fans and kind of saying, you know, she, she, she can't wait to be on the other side of stuff. All right. Shortly thereafter, the election happened and Vince McMahon was unanimously voted to the board of directors to take over as chief. Unanimously. And I think that right there alone is huge because this is the same board that right before Christmas said, we don't want you. But with the everything that's happened, the insertion of, his, of, of some of his people and some people resigning, as of last night, unanimously, Vince McMahon got in back into the board and is leading it as chair. Yes. So uh, regardless of like creative, whatever, put that aside. This means this can only mean really that he is gearing up for a sale. That is the only way that the board, I think, would would ever like change their tone. Right. That's 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 the situation now whether this is uh, a ploy whether this is a, a backdoor deal we'll get into that in portion three boris but as we know right now the only the only reason why it would make sense for this to ever happen is to facilitate a sale exactly and and again not inserting rumor innuendo speculation or anything of the like that all of that everything i just said before this point is official news sec filings publicly traded company need to do sec filings they have to follow the thin red line and and make sure that they do stuff properly and all of the everything i just said was official now let's get into the rumor section and again i'm just i've just gotten a lot of sources put stuff together none of these are my sources none of this is ours this is everything that's been reported on twitter by people who apparently have more sources than us all right so right after all of this happened rumors began to circulate you started seeing i emoticons you started seeing us uh, you know some 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 people going for twitter clout you started seeing a bunch of stuff uh, that there's bigger news to come Brian Alvarez was one to say that, you know, uh, huge news is imminent. Um, so rumors began to circulate that a deal had been agreed for Saudi Arabia state-owned public investment fund, the PIF, to buy the company. And um, that was the rumor. Now, right before 10.30 p.m., Sportside Dazone, uh, D-A-Z-N, pronounced Dazone, Dazen, as some of the people pronounce it, they confirmed <laughs> that sources had indeed told them that the company had been sold. Now, they later on that night, some of these people then changed their tone a little bit and they said that the sale has been, and I quote, agreed in principle and would involve the company returning to private ownership for the first time since 1999 when it became a publicly traded 
entity. Yeah, lots of interesting stuff. So uh, Stephen uh, Muehlhausen, sorry if I mispronounced your name, uh, has tweeted and since deleted sources, WWE has been sold to Saudi Arabia's public investment fund. This company will go back to being private, unknown if Vince McMahon will return to head of creative, but it is expected by some people. So that was tweeted and deleted. And we saw a lot of that. That's why this is in the rumor section now, Boris. Lots of people saying saying something, but not really saying it or outright saying it and then immediately walking it back. Yeah, exactly. Which at the end of the day, like, look, this upset me on so many levels. I don't even want to bring up the whole Saudi Arabia running WWE stuff like that. I don't even bring that up. That's a whole other issue. That's a discussion for another day. You know, we, you and I have had these discussions about what the future of even this show would be. Um, and I don't even want to bring that up right now. Let's just talk about the fact that you are reporting major, uh, you know, deals like this is something like WWE is a not only a publicly traded company, but it is an entertainment company worth billions of dollars billions of dollars this would send ripples throughout the entertainment business especially if it was going to be moved from um you know an american ownership to a foreign investor especially one uh you know who has uh, ties to whatever uh, you know the pif it is what it is right so this is a huge huge news story and you know let, let's let's just let's just talk about this at this point like a lot of quote-unquote journal wrestling journalist wrestling insiders i'm gonna start calling them wrestling bloggers because that's all they are at this point wrestling bloggers a lot of these people have a lot of egg on their face um and and, and i'm not saying that nothing is gonna happen but a lot of people for clout for twitter clout for clout in general for clicks you know, just started reporting stuff as people were telling, as people were telling them. Um, you know, the real, the reality of this is that as WWE is a publicly traded company, yes, things can happen fast, but there are certain, again, ways and processes that have to happen in order for this to go down, including SEC filings and the like. I'm not saying that none of that is already in the works. I'm just saying that for you to go on Twitter at 11 p.m. wanting to break the news. Dude, and do debts. You are literally, at that point, market manipulation. You are putting information out there in the public domain about a potential major move about a publicly traded company that could affect the stock price. If the SEC really wanted to be dicks, you could get dinged for market manipulation. I don't think it'll happen, but this is why you have to be so careful. This is why you can't just go out there and and start, um, you know, uh, reporting on news and rumors and stuff like that. You have to be so careful, especially when you do own a website, when you do are part of the quote unquote wrestling media. But I'm just going to call it the wrestling bloggers at this point. You just have to be so careful on top of that. On top of that, you're dealing with people's livelihoods. You're dealing with people who have morals just like us. You have like like you and I, you being the listeners. You know, you have people, I'll just say the names like a Sami Zayn who most likely would not be part of the company if it is sold by the Saudis. So can you put put yourself in their shoes? Reading this on Twitter, not knowing what's going on, right? You're you're literally fucking with people's livelihoods at this point. Yeah, and that's why we're kind of trying to take the uh, approach to summarize all information rather than like wildly, you know, 
throw stuff out there. I, I, I generally agree with that, man. It was a little gross. It was yeah, just social media just felt very high schoolish. Like, Oh, we're all in on a secret LOL. And it was just, yeah, I was just a, in an, an annoying day to be on Twitter to some extent. And that's but, what got to me the most. So let like, okay. like, just sorry for interrupting. It was the, no we're in on a secret part, you know, the yes. I emoticons, the something huge is happening. The, if it if what I heard is true, then holy shit! Like no, no, no! Like like just stop, just stop. Honestly, do you do you see like uh, reporters from Bloomberg reporting stuff like with I emoticon saying I know something about Google? <laughs> no, you don't. You can't do that. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I agree. But yeah, I, 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 I'm not trying to come down on anyone, but you're completely right, man. You know what I mean? I'm not even saying that that's what you're doing, but yeah, just, uh, I don't know. I think there's like an adult way to cover this and, and talk about what we know and what we don't know. Right. So I do think, uh, money talks and where there is smoke, there is often fire. Yep. That's, I, I think, I think we all kind of know how this is probably going to go down barring some kind of interference. I think, I think we know, or I feel like I know what Vince McMahon wants to do at the end of the day with his company. It feels like we are getting that sense, but Boris, uh, before we move past this rumor section, I do think we should talk about the concept of a trial balloon. (laughs) That's exactly where I was going with this. Thank you for bringing that up. A trial balloon. Test yes, balloon, trial balloon, a lot of different um, uh, lingo for this. But essentially, a lot of companies do this. Ford does this. The Phoenix Suns recently did this. There's a lot of companies that do this. And what a trial balloon, test balloon is, is you put information out there in, in, the, in the general public and you see and you gauge the reaction to that news. So in this case, it would be WWE has sold to the Saudis. You see the outrage. Not only do you see the outrage, but it also could influence other potential buyers to jump in and say, ho, 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 tranquilo, I'm going to buy it instead, right? So that's essentially what, personally, in my most humble opinion, and again, this is just Boris Roberto Aguilar talking, thinks what happens, that there are people within the company who put this information out there using the wrestling bloggers uh, to get that information out there, knowing that, you know, the the news would spread like wildfires just to see what the general reaction would be. Uh, yeah, man, that's that's highly possible. And I don't know. I, I just think like, again, all I can say is I do feel like where there's smoke, there's fire. Of but course. It, until anything is until anything is official there. You know what I mean? Like lots can change. Of course. Look how much has changed. Uh, in the past six months to a year, just in this one crazy WWE company, like a lot can change. But um, yeah, so I think like we should talk about uh, if if it does get bought by Saudi Arabia, like what what that could mean, what the concept of sports washing is. Yes. You know what I mean? And, and like, yeah, some misconceptions may be out there. Like, for example, I've seen a lot of people say, well, this is the end of the women's division. I don't know if that's the case. I think that uh, if if this were to be bought by the, the, the Saudi Arabian fund, I do think that they would try to keep it business as usual as much as possible. They want to appear. The whole point is to appear 
like business as usual. You know what I mean? To, uh, to whitewash the, uh, the actor's reputation, right? You know what I mean? Like they're trying to make you forget about the atrocities that they commit against mm-hmm. women and against, uh, you know, gay people and so forth. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Any, anyway, so I, I, I don't know. I don't think it's good for the wrestling business. I don't think it would be good for Tony Khan either. It would be good in the sense that there would be some individual talents who would leave, but it would be bad because this is a bottomless pit of money. This is basically if if uh, the if the Saudi Arabia sale is the one that happens, it seems like we could get into a situation where Vince McMahon has a bottomless pit of money and and can like literally throw tens of millions of dollars look at the uh look at the contracts that the golfers are getting on the live tour to jump ship from the exactly. pga i was gonna bring Astro- that up yeah man astronomical amounts of money yep. so yep and that's the know. thing right like and, and and the whole concept of sports washing is exactly that is to kind of keep things business as usual in order to improve the reputation and the optics of the actual owners um so <clears throat> For example, a good example of this, uh, the Live Golf uh, Tour is one thing, but they started that. That's new. I want to talk about Newcastle United from the Premiership. Uh, They bought Newcastle United, and by all accounts, uh, talking with their supporters. I talked to one this morning just to kind of, you know, so I can make this statement. And they say that things have been business as usual, that the owners, the powers that be, have essentially stepped away and let the soccer people do soccer, which, fantastic, great. But, you know, it's, it's one of those concepts of, you have to follow the money, right? And where the money ends, ends that's that's where the issues come up, right? But the concept of the women's division will be d- done, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I don't think that that's the case, right? You brought up uh, Tony Khan. I've seen a lot of people even on the, face, the SNME radio Facebook group saying, oh, victory for Tony Khan. There are a Ugh. bunch of, oh yeah. There are a bunch of performers who you know, would turn a blind eye to everything. And, and you know, at the end of the day, they're going to make a li- they're out here to make a living. So they're going to go where the money's at, right? Like you just brought up the whole live golf tour um, conundrum, right? So there are people making shit tons of cash, and that's how they got them is by by, by throwing the, the, t- the, you know, money bags at them. So there's a lot to also consider. You know, I've seen a lot of, uh, discussion about the fact that the live golf tour doesn't have a tv contract here in the usa and yeah that's for sure something that you know is that the shareholders of wwe would have to consider for the simple fact that they are about to start negotiating for a new tv contract now you can't compare the live golf tour and wwe uh you know apples to apples you know wwe has a history of being a ratings juggernaut of being a um, sponsored juggernaut so i don't want to flat out say that you know that they're not going to get a tv contract but i bet you they're gonna have to prove a lot more in order to get a tv contract and that's for sure a red flag for a lot of shareholders um in order to to you know to move forward with this right like there's a lot of things to consider here you know out of everything this is what i'm actually the most concerned about the tape library. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
yeah, that that one's tough for sure because it's just awkward to think that yeah, the uh, the kingdom of Saudi Arabia is going to own the history of professional wrestling essentially. But uh, I don't know, man. Like uh, they, that is that is a funny thing to say, and that is artistically. I love wrestling, you know. Like, but that is that is hilariously a, a terrible minor consequence of this it is ultimately a minor consequence yes i'm more worried about like just like the immoral quandary of watching wwe now and like okay so personally speaking i don't think like uh, you could watch raw or smackdown you could continue to you know watch wwe i don't think that makes you a bad person uh i i will personally probably here and there watch a royal rumble or a wrestlemania but I do feel like doing a weekly podcast about wrestling, personally speaking, doing a weekly podcast about a WWE show, I kind of feel like I'm taking part in sports washing. If Saudi Arabia were to buy WWE, uh, we might have to switch NXT talk to an impact podcast, Boris. That's all I'm saying. It could no, be exactly. fun, though. We could, we could go back into the impact, uh, you know, into the impact archives, review some crazy nonsense from their past. We'll have fun with it. But I, I personally am pretty, I don't know. We'll, we'll see how it, we'll see how it plays out. Exactly. New, That's the thing. Newcastle. Yeah. Newcastle still has supporters, man. Like, you know what I mean? Like F1 racing still has fans. WWE, if this happens, it's it's gonna be Vince McMahon with uh with an open bag of money, just throwing money around. It's yep. gonna be something to see. Exactly. So so we exactly we'll see exactly what goes on there. But like uh, you said it best, where there's smoke, there's fire. Well, you know the you know for lack of a better term, the industry was saved today. We'll see what tomorrow brings. We'll see what later brings. It's just going to be a crazy few weeks, I think. Um, and again, just remember, WWE is a publicly traded company. I and Matt have zero interest, zero holdings in WWE. Uh, so, you know, we we stand to not make anything. Got to disclose that just in case, my friend. Um, so, yeah, it just, you know, I, I couple things, major takeaways. Wrestling bloggers, just be careful. Just be very, very careful about how you report stuff. Um, you know, you have to be honest about what your holdings are, uh, you know, things like that. I learned all of this as I was talking about the GameStop stuff. Uh, the other thing is you are messing with people's livelihood. You are, you know, it's just there's just a lot, a lot to take in, a lot to go on. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, until the SEC has filings, until we get official word of intent, until we see something more, you know, it's all just speculation. But again, Speculation doesn't mean it's not going to happen. Speculation means that hell we're, could be very close to happening. Yes, I, I think speculation is fine as long as you're very clear up front that this is speculation. And that that's what sucked and what was kind of scummy about the journalism, quote unquote, that we saw last night was it was a lot of, oh, this is going to happen, you guys. Like, it's not just... Uh, somebody on the Wrestling Observer uh, message board posted this, and I, I think some of the comments there can be way too harsh, but I thought this was pretty accurate. Like, it's not just vet story and then report story in wrestling. It's like start to vet story, hint about it publicly, try to get people to bite on your thing, try to con people, then vet it some more, then con people some more, and then report it when you half know what's going on. It's just then, like ridiculous. When your back is against the wall, 
delete, 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 delete. Yeah. And hey, you never yeah. said anything. So yeah, again, I'm, I'm not, I, I really don't try to come down on anybody. I just wanted to give like my personal opinion on a couple things and just be like, yeah, man, like I, I hope what happens is that we get some different bidders. This is going to extend a while and hopefully it's, uh, hopefully it's a different company. Honestly, like I hate to say that, but hopefully it's like Comcast or something and it stays uh, with NBC and we do that because I, I, I don't know. I'm not, I don't know. But I, it's 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 tough it's just really really tough to see it this is. thing that we've that that i've followed since i was like three years old man 1990 like say we will about Vince mcmahon but a lot of us the vast majority 90 percent, maybe 75 to 90 percent of the people listening to this podcast would not care about wrestling if it wasn't for vince mcmahon that you would not have been introduced part. to wrestling if not for vince mcmahon that's the unfortunate part, you know, with everything going on, right? Like, and there's still some outstanding lawsuits and everything. So there, there's a lot to take in, right? Like, there's, again, I want to talk to people much smarter and who have a lot more experience with this stuff. Because, uh, you know, you have to take into consideration the loss, the ongoing lawsuits with Vince McMahon and the WWE. You know, is anyone going to want to blindly throw money at that company on a sale right now? Probably not even the Saudis would do that, right? Uh, like. You have to be careful with stuff like this. I, I I know what you're saying, but I I do think I disagree with that last point. I do think the Saudis they they thought they were getting Yokozuna in the Ultimate Warrior man at their at one of their recent pay per views. You know what I mean? Like I don't think I think they're buying the name WWE and they're trying to buy goodwill in America. You know, and I think to them that's priceless, and they have a bottomless pit of money from which to draw. So. I, I do think they are the clubhouse leader, despite the facts that it, the fact that it's not done yet, and it might not be done honestly until July or Man. who knows how long. Yeah, yeah, like there's there's a lot that has to happen, tons of formalities that have to happen in order for this to go down. Let's just remember that as well. So, you know, uh, and I know that there's a lot of speculation and rumors that all, you know, Vince was working on this deal for eight months, but you still have to file to with the SEC. You still have to go through some red tape. Um, and, and, and that's that at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to. So we'll see what happens. And like I say, you know, everyone has their own opinion. Um, you know, we'll see. We'll, we will see, but yeah. just. Yeah. Be careful with what with the information that's out there. Take into consideration that this is, you know, one of the biggest entertainment stories ever. So who's gonna get this story? A Wall Street analyst or Joe Schmo from Joe Schmo's basement who runs WrestleBlog.com or whatever. I'm sorry if that's a real site. <laughs> uh, WrestleBlog.com or whatever. I don't think it's a real site. Yeah, but you know what uh, I mean. Like, yeah. yeah, like we have to consider the sources. Absolutely. And yeah, some some bloggers are pretty accurate out there and they're doing well. But yeah, this is a humongous story. I, I trillion percent agree with you. I, I don't know. It, it just feels different if it is sold to Saudi Arabia. Like, I feel like we can and do on these podcasts a good job of when there's like a Vince McMahon scandal, we could talk about it. We can talk about WWE weekly and not be endorsing Vince McMahon's crimes quite the opposite. Right. But when they're owned by Saudi Arabia, I feel like the very act of a weekly WWE podcast is contributing. I don't know. Sports washing. That's my personal opinion. We'll talk about it more on impact talk coming we'll at you in August. Again, we'll, see, <laughs> we'll see what's happening. We'll see what goes down, but I just want people to just be, just be careful where news is coming. 
coming from. Everyone's got your yes. opinion. Respect everyone's opinion. And, you know, you're, people are allowed to speculate. People are allowed to have feelings. People are allowed to do whatever. Uh, don't be dicks and don't be an idiot and don't contribute to clickbait. Yeah, well said, man. And I, I think you did a good job of like doing your homework on this, kind of beating out the timeline, saying what we know, what we don't. And that's that, man. I guess we should maybe move on to NXT New Year's Evil. That's yeah. the thing. That's that's what we're here for, I guess. Exactly. This might go a little faster than usual. I will admit I was a little preoccupied uh, with, uh, you know, doom and gloom and a lot of other stuff. Uh, so my notes might not be as great as they always are, but I got the gist. I got the taste. Uh, so, uh, you know, that's what we're going to be going with. But overall, you know, let's talk some NXT because that's what we're here to talk about, Matt. Before we get to this, we got one piece of uh, business to get to, and that is our rating system de jour. Yes, sir. So I was thinking we go horrible Saudi atrocities. Out of I'm just kidding. I am just kidding. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm an idiot. I'm a complete douchebag. Uh, let's do something fun. You know, let's let's do let's do something celebratory to WWE for one of the last times. Maybe we'll be able to celebrate WWE. Let's go back in the archives. Classic WWE moments out of five savaged elbows or ultimate warrior nonsense statements. We'll figure it out. All right, it was a special edition of NXT as it was NXT New Year's Evil. Um, interesting show overall. Uh, this show, more so than other years past, I think was really made to sell and build up and like a, a roadblock to vengeance. Vengeance yes, Day. Yeah. Absolutely. This was, yeah, that classic in-between pay-per-view, a roadblock, if you will. This definitely felt like that Triple H versus Ambrose show. Exactly. All right, let's get to it because the matches start, got right to it. So we got a uh, nice little intro with Andre Chase. He was previewing all the advertised matches. Taya Hale said she was nervous to compete in the 20-woman battle royal. Chase gave Hale an inspirational speech. Chase used students ended the segment by cheering on Taya. Uh, right, we got right two things as the first match was hard justice Dijak. Versus a oh Tony D'Angelo with Channing Lorenzo. Yes, the uh, DiJack, the Terminator uh, versus Tony D'Angelo. So it was uh, the Terminator versus Tony Soprano. A fun match here. I actually thought this was going to be no DQ. Did they not say it was no DQ last week, or am I tripping? You're tripping. Okay, fair, fair, fair enough, fair enough. So this was a, a good opener. Again, Tony D'Angelo much improved. He added a lot to his game. He's been watching his tapes in his time off with injury. Dijak yeah, is a good wrestler. Good match. Exactly. I, I agree with you. I really, I very much enjoyed this match. I think this was a great showing for Dijak. Probably the best showing for Dijak of this character of hard justice Dijak. Um, one thing that made me laugh was Tony D'Angelo. He was wearing that white wife beater for lack of a better word i hate that term uh but he was wearing that white cut off t-shirt tank top tank top that's the word now yes did you notice all of dijak's spray tan ended up on him <laughs> that's, that's so funny he had an orange streak on his back and little orange splotches on his front from the from the pure orange that was sprayed all over the this terminator man dijak yep 
Good match. We got a this is awesome chant. Uh, Stack stood up, said he'd take another bullet for Tony. He said he's going to do it for my boss. Uh, Tony then shoved Stacks away and said, I'm not your boss. I'm family. Tony took the bullet for Stacks by eating Dijak's Cyclone boot for the loss in 10 minutes, four seconds on the same day. That it was the 24th anniversary of the premiere of The Sopranos on HBO. Yeah, great call. Yes, sir. And yeah, Tony D went down. So it, uh, I kind of like that. The, the Don and Stax, you know, they're, uh, there's a familial bond there. They're adding... Uh, they're adding something to that grouping. It's not just random flunky. You know what I mean? You can actually, they have they have built up their relationship, for lack of a better term. And now I feel like it, it would mean something uh, if they were to break up or whatever. Like, I actually believe them as a group that care about each other now. And yeah, Dijak had to win. Did well. Good stuff here. I like this match. Yeah, this is a good match. Um, how would you rate this match before we move on? Let's go uh, three and a half uh, sweet chin musics just because it did advance the storyline along and both guys did look good. I feel like it achieved exactly what it needed to do. This was a, a solid B. Good job, NXT. Yeah. Um, okay. We talked about this last week. We talked about Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams. We talked about Tony D and Stax. I think that Tony D and Stax are going to be heel and they're going to keep Melo and uh, Trick. Uh, sorry. Tony D and Stacks are going face, and they're going to keep Mellow and Trick as heels. Interesting. Well, the, uh, Tony D was the baby face in this match. This and he was took, kind he of took he- a bullet for his buddy. You know, uh, exactly. No, that that was not a heel thing at all. That is like you know th- that that his 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 change right there. You're right. That's that was such an aggressive baby face move that you're right. I think that was an official baby face turn. I think yep. you're right, Boris. I think yep. at, from this point forward. Uh, this Tony D'Angelo might officially be a baby face, Don. The bond that you have when you whack someone, in this case, two <laughs> dimes or dimes. True. Yeah, they did. They did whack dimes all the way to uh, Jeff Jarrett's flunky status <laughs> on AEW. <laughs> all right. It was then that the hardest working reporter in all of professional wrestling, Mackenzie Mitchell, interviewed Toxic Attraction. They talk about potentially winning the 20-woman battle royal. I'm just going to say it right now. I'm just going to say it right now while I bury Horowitz myself called it. Yeah, you did. Uh, to quote Tony Kornheiser, I believe I had that. That is uh, that is it, Boris. Yeah, you nailed that one. I, I w- I'm disappointed that they actually did your dumb idea. <laughs> I'm actually, dude, sometimes we get way too much right, even when we're like joking about stuff. And we're going to talk about one of those things soon. All right. All right, the Creed brothers, they come out. Sanga then makes his entrance all lonesome by himself with a mic. Brutus said he doesn't care what Sanga has to say. Sanga said Veer isn't here this week, but he is willing to honor their scheduled match two on one. Julia said this feud is about respect, but Veer can't respect them by not showing up. That is when former WWE world champion Jinder Mahal showed up. Clubbed the Creed brothers from behind. Sanga and Jinder beat down the Creeds. Jinder left one Creed brother lying with a with a colossus. Jinder took the mic and said, while Veer and Sanga fight with respect, I don't. 
Okay, so it's very, very obvious joke, but I'm going to make it anyway. So Veer gone, banished. Uh, once again, Veer is now coming. Ooh, God knows when. Also, Jinder Mahal shows up on the show, beats the shit out of numerous people, and wins a match fairly clean. I'm not saying that this is proof that Vince McMahon's back, but I am saying it's proof that Shawn Michaels knows where his bread is buttered, buddy. <laughs> he knows what audience to book for. That's all I'm saying. All right, pretty deadly. They were curling their hair backstage as real men do. Xavier Woods <laughs> and Kofi, you notice how I just paused enough so that to get the laughs. I know everyone else laughed. Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston <laughs> walked in and said, since the Creed versus Indus Sure match was canceled, Pretty Deadly's gauntlet was next. Pretty Deadly started uh, de-rolling their hair curlers as real men do and headed to the ring. Wood said he was confused because he thought Pretty Deadly always had straight hair. I actually love that little ad lib at the end. That was really, really funny. Uh, I love your confidence too there, Boris. And yeah, D-roll, D-roll, D-roll as they were running out. This was a hilarious little segment. Good stuff. I love Pretty Deadly. I love Pretty Deadly. I'm almost going to say they're my favorite tag team act in all of wrestling. Uh, I, I'm still a hardcore FTR, Mark, but they're, oh. they're up there. They're gaining steam. Of course, yeah, they're like... I said almost. I said yeah. almost. Here's a, here's a hot take for you. I know we both agree on this, but I feel like the wrestling world at large doesn't. I like Pretty Deadly more than the acclaimed. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Big time. Big I'm, time. I don't want to say I'm tired of the acclaimed, but I'm tired of the acclaimed. No, you know what? I, I am... I was tired of the acclaimed, but I feel like they broke through that wall. I, I, I wanted to, I really wanted to hate the Jeff Jarrett stuff, but ultimately it's been fun. And if you're going to have Jeff Jarrett on the roster, this is the way to do it. I still think, Hey, maybe don't have Jeff Jarrett on the roster, but that's like, let's, let's not talk about Jeff Jarrett. Let's talk about oh, it. We will on impact talk <laughs> to you soon. It's going to be a lot of Jeff Jarrett on that show. Good heavens. <laughs> All right, Sanga and Jinder were in the performance center break room. Jinder left, and Sanga was approached by his best friend, Valentina Feroz. Feroz asked Sanga what was up with the new Sanga. Sanga said he's just doing it for himself and his brothers. Sanga left. Feroz was approached by Electra Lopez and told Feroz that maybe it's time for Feroz to fight for Feroz. So I I really like how much attention they paid to the women's battle royal. Electra Lopez doing her best. I like Electra. She's uh she's a good mean girl heel. She is, and she's improved a lot in ring. Um, she's still not that great, but she's improved. She's improved. All right, Kit Wilson and Elton Prince made their entrance. Uh, they got some new music. They talked about hand picking their opponents for the gauntlet, and their first opponents. Were the Rockers not Shawn Michaels and Murray Janetti? They were two uh, enhancement talents that we've seen on NXT. So the gauntlet started with against Brian Williams and Jimmy Jackson. So yes, I have to flying flying Brian Williams and slamming jamming Jimmy Jackson. Boris, when the Rockers <laughs> music hit, I swear to God, I was like. Someone's listening to our, our bullshit, stupid ideas. <laughs> Marty Janetti and one, two, three kid. I actually, I actually kind of knew that this was happening, but uh, man, I would have, I would have done a cartwheel had Marty and the one, two, three kid come out here. Yep. So there you go. Pretty deadly beats them in 30 seconds. They're laughing. Woody, Woody. <laughs> 
Woo. My notes are amazing. Woods and Kingston walk out, said they weren't going to let Pretty Deadly get off the hook that easily. Kofi said they have uh, two actual tag teams to come out now. Uh, first, we got Enofi and Blade. So, Enofi, now he's wearing long sleeves, eh? Yeah, funny. So, Edris Enofi, who is one of the most chiseled cut guys in all of professional wrestling, looks like a fucking bodybuilder, is now wearing a full bodysuit. Uh, I wonder if that has anything to do with his uh, reported WWE tattoo. I do think, though, if a new regime is coming, I think uh, Vince McMahon might be more supportive on this crazy man who got the WWE logo tattooed on. Well, goddamn, pal. You know, I wanted to not do a Vince McMahon impression on this whole podcast. Damn it, I failed. Yeah, it made me laugh. It made me laugh so hard. <laughs> yeah, oh, my God. Okay, so Pretty Deadly versus Enofi and Blade. Dude, this was really fun. Enofi and Blade did very, very well for eight minutes. Yes, uh, Edris and Ofe, they they had a really competitive match. They wanted to tell the story that Pretty Deadly were expecting to face some tomato cans here, and they got a real competitive match versus an actual tag team, and it caught them off guard. I like the storytelling in this a lot. And yeah, Edris and Malik were shot out of a cannon in this match. They had eight minutes, and they maximized their camera time. They looked great. This was they a lot of fun. Look, oh, they looked amazing. Um, and Ofe and Blade hit Wilson with their finisher, but... Um, uh, Kit broke up, broke it up. Blade rolled up Prince with a small package. Kit Wilson just pushes over the roll up to give Pretty Deadly the momentum and the win in seven minutes, 55 seconds. New Day is out still. They announced that Briggs and Jensen, the Incel Express, are going to be the next opponents. Briggs and Jensen were left lying in the gorilla position. Pretty Deadly were kind of happy uh, that they were beat down. And then we finally saw the return of the Gallus boys, Mark Coffey and Wolfgang, making their entrance. New Day allowed them to take the place. That was their third opponent. It was Kit Wilson and Elton Prince, pretty deadly, versus Gallus's Mark Coffey, Wolfgang, Gallus has dominated, dominated, dominated 100%. Mark hit Prince with a half-and-half half suplex. Gallus hit Prince with an insiguri and body slime combo to give Wolfgang the pin over Prince in one minute, 11 seconds. Gallus wins. Yes, Gallus stomps these clowns, and it looks like Gallus v. New Day coming up for the NXT Tag Team titles. Gallus were treated as baby faces. I guess it remains to be seen. They were pretty hardcore heels when the suspension gimmick happened. So right now they were cheered and they ran over, uh, ran over, squashed pretty deadly here. Yeah, they were kind of hard heels, but I feel like in their whole, uh, you know, fighting, who was it, the Creeds and who else were they fighting at the same time? Uh, Brooks and Jensen. Yeah, I guess they were yes, heels and all yes, that. Yes, yes. Yeah, they right. were. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, overall, the total package, all three matches with the storytelling and the promos and everything, I think it was it was very, very good, bordering on great. We're going to be generous. We're going to go four strike forces out of five for this one. Shout out Tito Santana and Rick Martel. Uh, I just I just really thought this was clever, and I thought the, even the New Day looked better at the end of it, but definitely Edris and Malik looked way better at the end of it. Gallus came back, great moment. They looked better, and Pretty Deadly had an awesome showing. They looked better in defeat, so this was just great stuff. Great, Everyone great looked stuff. good. Everyone looked good, and that's what wrestling is all about, making people look good. Julius Best thing Creed, on the show by yep. a wide margin. 
Julius Creed was arguing with Ivy Nile about how he and Brutus are always getting jumped. Julius said he needs to knock Jinder's teeth down his throat. Nile then said, whatever, I got to go get ready for the battle royal. Yeah, this so uh, the tension building, the tension building in the diamond mine. Yep. All right, we get a cinematic view of Apollo Cruz's cafe, at least the one he likes to frequent. Um, instead, it was Carmelo Hayes writing in a diary about how he's him. For some reason, Trick Williams was wearing a lucha mask. Melo told Trick to take that thing off because it looks stupid. Trick said he was trying to figure out how Axiom can see in a mask. Trick and Melo talked about how they're taking down Cruz. Trick said they'll speak it into existence. Trick and Melo clapped coffee cups, and that was that. Trick and Melo versus Axiom and Apollo in a tag team match. If that gets like 15 minutes, that could be excellent. I'm excited. Same here. All right. Tiffany Stratton's back. She said the women's locker room is sweating because she's the biggest star in NXT. That's about it. Yeah. Um... Yes, yeah, Tiffany Stratton back, looking good. Uh, she's getting now the the Mandy Rose treatment. The the announcer, there's got to be one female wrestler gonna, that the color st- commentator. Yeah. Tiffany Stratton got some enhancement in her treatment. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. We can leave it at that. I think you could figure out uh, if this was 2005, we'd probably have some bits about it because it was quite. Uh, evident. It was Paige-esque, you might say, looking like Soraya uh, coming out here. Uh, I like anyway. how you just keep going when you said you just wanted to move on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. No. Uh, yeah, I just want to go back to the commentator thing. It's kind of funny that even in 2023, we still have to have one wrestler who the color commentator on NXT is fucking drooling over and just like, oh my God, and that is now it was Mandy Rose for a long time, but it is now Tiffany Stratton. She is now officially eye candy heel. Yep. Yeah. Great point. Great point. All right. Uh, Braun Breaker versus Grayson Waller. Hey, vignette aired. That was fun. Then we get the TMZ interviewer catching up with Katana Chance and Kaden Carter, who talked about wanting to make history as tag team champions. The interview then tried to interview Tiffany Stratton, but she brushed them away. Yeah, Tiffany Stratton, no time for this uh, TMZ jabroni. I kind of like the TMZ promo guy. It, yeah. it, it, it's all right. Yeah, we should give him some like wacky name. Anyways. It was time for the NXT Championship match. Everyone was in disbelief. Everyone was confused. I made a joke about Braun Breaker having a uh, uh, fan time account that they wanted to get the belt off him. We both (laughs) thought it was going to be the coronation of Grayson Waller. But this is where I started doubting my life in general as Braun Breaker went up against Grayson Waller for the NXT Championship. All right. So I think the... Uh, the turnbuckle breaking the first time was a mistake. Okay, so yeah, let's talk about it. I don't think it was a mistake because they they repeated it. Because he okay, so what happens is the turnbuckle breaks in this match. Uh, the middle turnbuckle breaks, and it's a it's a broken ring match. So they they did the broken ring spot right before they went to commercial, and to me, it felt planned because uh, I think it was. Waller whipped Breaker into the buckle, right? No, and Breaker Waller, came. Yeah, Waller uh, pushes yeah. Breaker back. Yes, in, and the way that he fell, though, he fell just right on the buckle. I, like a part, a part of me thinks you're right, but then the a part of me thinks that they jumped to commercial very quick. Um, 
It wasn't and, just the commercial. It was that he threw him in twice. He threw him in and then he threw him back in and then it broke. And that's why I think, and then they went to commercial and that's why I think it was planned. And I think we were supposed to get the idea that they had fixed it somewhat, but not enough. And it ended up screwing Grayson Waller over in the end. Yep. All right. So let's talk uh, about the- Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. It, do- it really doesn't matter. It really <laughs> doesn't matter. All right, so a lot of stuff was happening. Waller had a pretty good match. Breaker had a pretty good match. Breaker, um, he's so damn athletic in the ring. Waller is always getting better. Waller hits Breaker with a job breaker. Um, Waller was then running at Breaker with his finisher. Breaker saw the move coming, so he converted uh, that to a leaping knee strike. Waller went for his tightrope elbow drop. He trips to ringside because the buckle breaks again. Again, Waller now is outside. He's grabbing the fallen rope as the referee quickly. Did you notice how fast the ref counted to 10? Like that motherfucker yes. needed to slow the fuck down <laughs> to get the dramatic effect a little more. I don't know why I swore so much there. Yeah, well, you're fired up. You've been, you know, uh, thinking about this podcast all night, Boris. We've been sitting on this one for 18 hours. But, uh, man, he's sped through this count. You could tell they needed to get out of this segment. They were going a little long on this match. But, yeah, just a really weird layout. I almost think if this was going to be the way that you did this, don't even bother. I guess they wanted to, you know, build some suspense, pop a rating maybe try to convince schmuck mark ass hoes like us boris that the title change is coming on free tv when clearly it's going on a premium live event but uh yeah man i i didn't like this at all i think if you're the type of fan who grades a wrestling match based on the pure bell to bell in-ring action this was above average but if you're thinking about the storytelling and the actual like production and how it actually played out this was below average so i think classic uh two stars good effort but bad match all classic two stars in my opinion yeah but the match itself the in-ring was good like let's 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 point yes, that out yes uh, waller good breaker good they have good chemistry now let's talk about this right now this show had two weird, screwy endings. Yeah, all kinds of wacky shenanigans on this show. That is a really good call. Yeah, this one was m- even more frustrating than the main event's weird, screwy ending. But yeah, I'm going to go two conquistadors out of five for this one officially, Boris. Los conquistadors. I thought we were celebrating WWE. <laughs> You don't remember Edge and Christian coming out? I remember Edge and Christian as Los Conquistadors. Oh, man, they were in that one Survivor Series tag match. I loved Los Conquistadors. The the two times you ever saw them on WWE. The hardest working reporter in all of pro wrestling, Mackenzie Mitchell, is with Roxanne Perez, who she predicts to win the Battle Royal. Perez said she thinks it'll be Cora Jade. Perez chuckles and said she hopes anyone but Cora. She said she she can see anyone winning. Mackenzie pointed out Gigi and JC going after her for revenge. Perez said they're threats too. Perez then ended the promo by saying, only one woman can win. I highlighted that after the show. Yes, not as good as uh, the promo a couple weeks ago. But yeah, Cora Jade's figuring out she's she's pretty, or sorry, not Cora Jade. Roxanne's figuring out she's pretty good on the microphone. Good stuff. But I do think said, they're long term. One woman can win. 
Ah, and she was incorrect. Two women won this over-the-top rope battle royal somehow. Uh, yeah, I, th- I do think the long-term story here is probably Cora Jade versus Roxanne again, unless, like you had speculated pretty recently, that they're just going to get this belt off Roxanne and move her right up because she's so good. I think so. The show cuts the hype package for the Hank Waller versus Charlie Dempsey match. This was excellent. Again, Charlie mother effing Dempsey. I love this kid so much. It's not even funny how much like I I'm just I'm I'm Mark God for this kid so much. Absolutely. He's yeah, he's just like William Regal got that same like vicious streak. If anything, he seems a little more vicious, a little more like a believable fighter when you actually know how tough and how crazy William Regal is. You you could see it in his ring work. But the first couple times you saw William Regal, he he his gimmick was the the polished Englishman, right? So you didn't realize that he was a badass and he was kind of a street fighter and could like kill you in real life. Yep. Charlie Dempsey, you know, you know from the jump that this man could could fuck you up <laughs> probably in real life. And Look, that's that's pretty good. I would never steal that man's Yorkshire pudding. Uh, sure no sir i would not my favorite segment of the show apollo cruz was in the locker room watching trick and mellow's diner promo on his tablet axiom (laughs) shows up in purple mask and tan turtleneck (laughs) axiom kills me so the turtleneck the well-spoken turtlenecked luchador axiom axiom thanked apollo for the assist last week cruz was ranting about how annoying trick and mellow are Axiom pointed out that he's annoyed too, and you can see it all over his face. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you know what? I, I did like this. I am going to say I preferred the gauntlet with Pretty Deadly, but this was good too. Apollo laughed because he can't see Axiom's face, you see, because he's wearing a dark mask, you see? Uh, oh, oh, <laughs> that's the joke. Jesus, I've missed that for the last six weeks. Thank you for explaining it. <laughs> Axiom and Cruz agree to align themselves against Trick and Mello. Oh, this made me laugh so hard. It, like, here's the thing: in a night where like you're you're debating just watching wrestling in general, yeah. having this was just gold. Absolutely, yeah. This again, a bit of fun on your NXT program, and I'm quite excited for that tag team match, which is probably going to be on the pay per view or okay. the premium live purview. Something I want to say about Axiom. I honestly think the mask, it's like it's like his safety blanket because we've seen him cut promos as a kid and they sucked. But as Axiom, he's fucking hilarious. Backstage, he's pretty good. He did have that one for the Iron Survivor Men's Challenge, which died a thousand deaths in the middle of the ring. Now, I, but, but, I, I contribute that to a lot of factors, but you're right. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't just it wasn't only his fault. You're right about that. But yes, yeah, yeah. I don't know. He's he's way more comfortable with the mask on. You're right. It's kind of it's working for him. It's it's certainly working for him. Yep. Hank Walker versus Charlie Dempsey was next. Drew Gulak with Hank Walker. Man, Hank Walker was he actually kind of impressed me here. Oh, yeah, he's improving a lot. I feel like we've seen this match like three times, honestly, between actual NXT. I think they've done it before. If not, they've done it a number of times on level up. And uh, yeah, it's getting better every single time because Hank is getting better. Charlie Dempsey is already an excellent wrestler who seems like a tough guy and looks like he's actually hurting people while he probably is not. I'm pretty sure he did. Because at one point, Hank Walker... 
puts a big boot on Charlie Dempsey, and you can see Charlie Dempsey like holding his face. And then the next thing you see is Charlie Dempsey just punching the shit out of Hank Walker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, old Hank got a couple receipts. Hank, Hank's uh, still in that bull in a china shop phase, just a little bit. But he, uh, he's got a he's got a real charisma. This was fun. This yep. was a, a solid little match. Yeah, Walker got uh, he he put Dempsey into the center of the ring. He did a flip to escape the move. Dempsey, that is. Dempsey then put Walker back in the bow and arrow with a knee to the back. Dempsey did a roll to place Walker in the center of the ring uh, with the submission. Walker eventually taps out in four minutes, 34 seconds. After the match, Gulak checks in on Walker. Gulak also nodded in approval in Dempsey's direction. Matt, the Philadelphia Combat Club is going to happen. Yes, sir. We're getting it. Philadelphia Combat Club fighting out of Orlando. Uh, but yeah, man. So uh, Charlie Dempsey wins with his torture STF. Crazy, crazy move. Uh, he definitely was torturing young Hank Walker with it. We're going to go three Dr. Death Steve Williams's out of five. Uh, WWE legend, if there ever were. Ms. Perfect Sol Rocco is practicing handstands backstage. Uh, Alba Fire then approached Sol and challenged Roca to a match to run back the match. Uh, to a match to run back the match that Isla Dawn took from them a few weeks ago. Roca agreed. So yeah, Alba Fire did a thing where she kind of got mad and got up in Sol's face and put the baseball bat in her face and then like backed off like, oh, I'm sorry. I don't know what came over me. See you out there. So Alba Fire's got like a split personality baby face heel thing going on. Oh, it's Isla Dawn, right? She she got her uh, her mist on her. She got the, the witch, the witch, a woman. She's 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 got the voodoo doll backstage poking at it. So many jokes. Tyler Bates oh, reintroduction highlight vignette aired. Uh, can't wait to see him. It appears that the visa issues are starting to get cleared with a lot of people. I hope so. Yeah, because Afy Valkyrie has come over and Tyler Bate hopefully coming back. We're going to hear from another NXT UK performer just in a little bit who I'm excited to see. But yeah, Tyler Bate, the Zen master, the big strong boy. He's back. Can't wait. He is fabulous in yep. the ring and i love the fact that like you said the zen master said he's been resting reflecting and he's coming back to nxt and this time he's staying yes he is very clear he's here for good and he's back next week all right we get nxt anonymous the creepy stalker from last week who was creeping on scripts this time uh this time the anonymous had a male sounding voice filter Scripps was doing some creeping himself, putting an envelope in Oro Mensa's bag. So the creep becomes a creep. Yes, I think that's <laughs> grammatically correct. Yeah. So it, weird. Very because Scripps is already doing creepy gimmick. And now, like you said, there's this other guy. I, I don't get it. I didn't quite like it. But Scripps versus Oro Mensa. Sure. Let's I, do that. Okay. I hope, 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 hope it's Carmella. <laughs> I I don't think it is, but that would be funny. Yeah. All right. Jinder Mahal versus uh, Julius Creed. What do you got to tell? This match went a lot longer than I thought. Yeah, I actually, I thought Julius Creed did a really good job of, of trying his hardest to make this more interesting than your typical Jinder Mahal match. I do think it was pretty good overall. Like Julius ran out to the ring, double-legged this man, and then they had a hard-fought battle. 
uh, at some point, uh, Julius mouth was busted up from a, from a Mahal. I think it was like an elbow that he hit a Mahal mall. Yes, the Mahal Mall. But yeah, no, I, I, as Jinder Mahal matches go, this was far more interesting than most because he was in there with a crazy young athlete, Julius Creed. Like, like we said about Hank Walker, double, triple for Julius Creed, a bull in a china shop. I honestly think with Jinder Mahal, I think he's a lot more talented than people give him credit for. And I think the major issue with him, like his title run was just a bag of mistakes from not his fault of his own. I just think that there's something about the main roster and just it being so formulaic and so laid out that he doesn't strive there because this match was quite competent. He was quite competent in there. Yeah, a perfectly cromulent Jinder Mahal he was. Yeah, I, I like this a lot. The, the finish was uh, uh, Julius Creed going for that shooting star again. I thought that was a pay-per-view move like Brock Lesnar, but he might start doing that as his actual finish, oh. the shooting star press. Unlike Brock Lesnar, he doesn't uh, give himself a concussion. Yeah, unlike unlike Brock Lesnar, he can yeah he he did it well, but yeah. So the finish is he's on the top rope, distracted by Sanga, and then he does go for the shooting star anyway. He misses, lands on his feet, but jams his knee, and then uh, Jinder Mahal hits a running big boot, and of course the Coloss pins Julius Creed one two three and wins pretty well clean. I guess you could say the distraction by Sanga is not a clean win, but I think this is a clean victory for Jinder Mahal. Yeah. How would you rate this bad boy? Uh, you know, I'm going to go three uh, three great Collies out of five. The greatest of Collies. Fallon Henley. Ex-partner of Young Gender, of course. Fallon Henley and Keanu James were checking on Briggs and Jensen, the hurt in the medical room. Briggs said that Gallus are a bunch of sons of bitches. Jensen pointed out them probably being mad from their bat bar themed match a few months ago Hanley talked about how she actually thinks it's weird seeing James lovey dovey and hanging out on Jensen's arms Hanley and James left to the next match with James hoping Jensen gets better so, so we might need to rename this tag team Boris I think uh, Brooks Jensen's got him a lady friend here this young Kiana James <sighs> sure I just <laughs> It was a good run. It was a good run, but I think I think it might it might be near time to officially retire the gimmick. But uh, the cowboy the cowboy clowns are finally finally some character development after eighteen months of the same joke over and over. Poor Josh Briggs. <laughs> Poor Josh Briggs. If you get air to introduce another woman coming over from NXT UK, this time it is Stevie Turner. Her gimmick is she's a Twitch streamer. Okay, <laughs> everything Gamer about girl. this kills me. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm pretty into it. Yeah, it, it, this, okay, so, yeah, I like the idea on paper, you know, modern idea for a gimmick. It is hilarious for 10,000 reasons. Boris, please go. Number one, you fired people for being streamers. Number two, like this is oh my god, this I I love this. I, I think Stevie Turner is a great talent, uh, a little green in the ring, a little young in the ring, but I think she has uh, a lot of room and a lot of potential. Uh, so yeah, she's a Twitch streamer. She cut a promo from her webcam, Twitch style, uh, saying how she's two steps ahead from everyone. I then joked that she should open up a fake. OnlyFans account. What did you call it? Oh, uh, Only Universe. Yeah. WWE Only Universe. 
Yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> that's, that's, that's coming in 2023 in Vince McMahon's WWE, the privately owned version. Oh my God, I can't. Like, it, it's a... It's a slap to the face to a lot of people. That's the one thing where I'm just like, oh, dear God. But at the same time, I can't even it is It is hilarious. You can't actually be a streamer, but you but we'll give someone a streamer gimmick. It is it is a little bit insulting. I'm just glad to see Stevie Turner on television. I'm glad she's made her way back over. Yep. All right. The following matches, uh, we'll talk about that after uh, because it was Cora Jade comes out. She's the first one out, and it's time for the 20 women battle royal to earn a future NXT women's title shot. Uh, Laya Valkyria eliminates Cora Jade just a few seconds in. I have to say, Cora Jade was hilarious in this match. Yeah, I thought this was a good way to start a feud between two completely unrelated characters out of nowhere. This is this makes a ton of sense. I buy that these two people hate each other now. This is Cora and Lyra Valkyria. They now have a feud, and I'm kind of excited to see if Lyra can pull some good matches out of Cora J, because Lyra's really, really good in the ring. Oh, she wasn't. She proved it in this battle royal. I think that Lyra was the MVP in this battle royal. For Keanu sure. James then eliminated Fallon Henley. Uh that was that. Lash Legend eliminated Amari Miller. Uh, Ms. Perfect Soul Roca was dropped to ringside. She did a handstand walk around the ring, a la Kofi Kingston. Uh, she gets back into the ring. Thea Hale eliminated Valentina Faroz. Uh, Andy Hartwell, big boot to eliminate Lash Legend. Maya Valkyria used a hair karana to eliminate Kiana James. Zoe Stark eliminated Danny Palmer. Um... Cora Jade then tries to run back into the ring, runs at, and progresses towards Lyra Valkyria. Lyra tosses Cora yet again. Toxic yes, attraction. Basically, basically doing the Takamichi Noku, although she didn't do a full front flip and face plant on the crown of her head. So that's yep. good. <laughs> exactly. Toxic attraction working together eliminates Indy Hartwell. Uh, Vic Joseph insisted, uh, or sorry, he t- starts talking about who's left. Wendy Chu prevented her elimination by landing on her body pillow. Electra Lopez pulled the pillow to eliminate Chu. Stark eliminates Lions. Sol Roca eliminated Zoe Stark. The crowd gave Roca a loud chance. Sol did a backflip into Fire Super Kick. Fire eliminated Sol. That got a lot of boos. JC Jane, Gigi Dolan, Alba Fire, and Lyra Valkyria were the final four. Toxic Attraction tossed over Fire, and Fire had uh, to skin the cat. Lyra took down Gigi with an enziguri. Lyra used a hurricanrana to get Fire on the apron. Lyra held on to the top rope to block a German suplex. Fire managed to use a hurricanrana to eliminate Fire. Jade runs out yet again. She missed tripping her. Jade laughed in the face of Lyra as Lyra um, is finally eliminated by Toxic Attraction. Uh, JC Jane and Gigi Dolan are the last two. Yeah, so just Sorry, just to go back over that. So, yeah, so uh, uh, Lyra Valkyria, Hurricane Rana's Alba Fire out of the ring, and Lyra's on the apron. And then, of course, you know Cora Jade's coming out. She just runs down. And I actually liked, it was pretty clever that Lyra saw Cora coming, jumped over Cora's interference, kicked her away, and it was actually Toxic Attraction who are actually in the match that eliminated Lyra. And yep. now Cora Jade and Lyra are feuding because Cora's still 
caused it, but it was actually the people in the match who did it. I thought that was nice. That it was that was well laid out. I like that. The other thing about this match was that they did a good job of keeping feuds together. It had Stark and Lions and and whatnot, right? Like they, this match was really well thought out. Yes, absolutely. It, well, it was a, a pretty typical battle royal, but yeah, I would say like yeah, bad in ring action, but good layout. Jane held up Gigi's hand in victory. Jane teased eliminating herself, but she gave Gigi a super kick. Gigi and JC then battled on the apron uh, near the ring post. Both women knocked each other off of the top rope. The camera kind of missed the fall. They're both down. The referees are arguing that JC was eliminated. One referee argued that Gigi Dolan was eliminated. The four referees huddled around a monitor as if it was fucking VAR and fucking soccer. Um, <laughs> they then did the overhead camera showing landing at the, that they landed at the same time. Uh, one of the referees got in the ring, held up both women's hands in victory with Alicia Taylor announcing that both JC Jane and Gigi Dolan won the 2020 woman battle royal in 13 minutes 17 seconds to face roxanne perez in a triple threat match at vengeance day yes uh interesting choice uh, i don't think i'd have done it but boris you called it and hey hats off to you i guess it, it makes sense well we're gonna see it it was interesting to, to note that jc jane super kicked gg dolan she was the one who first turned not the other way around so if and when this team does break up it's probably going to be gg who's the baby face jc who's the heel worth noting put that in your uh in your cap for later on in the year uh yeah the, well, average battle royal right i would think it was laid out pretty well but it, nothing great in the ring two and a half andre the giants out of five I give it three fair. i would give it three because okay. the layout was really smart and it actually set up a whole new um uh feud with Cora yeah. Jade and lykeria true that's a really good point all right for for the storytelling for the layout let's go three andre the giants out of a possible five andre the giants all right but the show's not over just yet. The show comes to Shawn Michaels at a conference table with Braun Breaker and Grayson Waller. One thing I forgot to note was during that match, did you notice that people were booing Braun Breaker and cheering for Grayson Waller? Absolutely. I'm glad you did point that out. Yeah, we, we both forgot about it because we were frustrated with what happened in the match. But Grayson Waller was cheered hardcore. And I don't think they dislike Braun. I just think they really do like Grayson Waller. They wanted to see the title change. They felt like it was his time. So I hope they pull trigger at uh, Vengeance Day because Grayson Waller is probably going to get cheered there no matter what he does in the next couple of weeks building up to it. That's exactly what we're going to get. We're going to get Grayson Waller versus Braun Breaker in a steel cage match at Vengeance Day. And that's how the show officially ends. Yes, Papa Shawn Michaels, who might, in fact, after all this, be the one who runs WWE and not Triple H because, you know, Vince and Shawn are close. But yes, NXT title Vengeance Day steel cage match. Braun Breaker versus Grayson Waller. That will be the coronation of young Grayson, I think, buddy. Yep. All in all, I like this show. It It's not a takeover. It's not a PLE, but it did spotlight some matches. It did spotlight some feuds. It did progress some stuff. It did set some stuff up. Got some okay in-ring. Overall, I enjoyed this. I was as sports entertained as you could be, all things considered. 
Yeah, under the circumstance, I agree. Solid uh, NXT New Year's Evil show, and it has built up some good stuff for the upcoming premium live event. That's that. That's that's all she wrote. All right. Well, I, I got I got some three stars here for you, and uh, then we can call it a night. Well, we got some other stuff, but let's go with the three stars first. All right. Well, uh, your third star of the night, Carmelo Hayes. I thought he was pretty good in that promo. Uh, it's a good reminder that he not only can deliver in the ring, but he can deliver on the mic as well. And again, tag team match is going to be very good. Mellow and Trick versus Axiom and Apollo. So third star, Carmelo Hayes. Excellent. Second star, Boris, the MVP of the Women's Battle Royal, Lyra Valkyria. She is an excellent addition to this women's division. She can work. She's an interesting character. Entrance is a little hokey, but whatever. We'll give her a pass on that. Lyra Valkyria, the second star, silver medalist of this episode. Excellent. And we have a tie on top of the podium, but I'm sure they'll they'll share it with pride. Two gold medals, one each for the members of Pretty Deadly. They were awesome on this show. They are the first stars of NXT. Now, forever, together, etc. All right, so let's go and check some of those digital exclusives before we end things. Uh, the first one is uh, Dijak talking about his win over Tony D. And he how he has his sights on Wes Lee. Let's listen. Dijak, congratulations on your win over Tony D'Angelo. Now you'll be facing Wesley at Vengeance Day for the NXT North American Championship. The very second that I stepped foot back in NXT, I think it was pretty clear what my goal is, wouldn't you say? Wesley was dropped then, and Wesley's gonna get dropped again. When I talk about justice, this is exactly what I meant. And Wesley is going to experience hard justice firsthand. <laughs> okay, how does Dijak, his, how does his unscripted promo sound heavily scripted? Nah, I just, I just think he's going to experience hard justice is a catchphrase that will not catch on, buddy. That's just a phrase. There's not much catch in there. No, I, I would, I would change your uh, entire gimmick start to finish. Well, Jack, I don't know. I don't know if this is gonna work. WWE manages to sign Jay White. <laughs> Yeah, they, yeah. Basically, yeah. Uh, he's uh, yeah. The the poor man's switchblade. You know what he is? He's the exacto knife. <laughs> <laughs> the exacto knife, Donovan Dijak. Oh my God, that is like by far the greatest thing you've ever said. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. All right. The next exclusive digital exclusive. Um, but, 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 I don't even know who it is. Let's listen. Roxanne, I wanted to get your thoughts on the 20-woman battle royal that took place tonight. In an interesting turn of events, Gigi Dolan and JC Jane were both declared the winners. So how do you feel about defending your title in a triple threat of Vengeance Day? Well, I definitely was not expecting that. I was expecting to face one person, and now I'm facing two at the same time. Do you think that that's going to change your preparation at all? I mean... Yeah, for sure. At this point, it really feels like all odds are against me. But I mean, you saw it. One opportunity at the NXT Women's Championship and they're falling apart at the seams. 
while they're focused on each other, I'm only focused about one thing and one thing only, and that's this championship. I am going to do whatever it takes, and I am going to walk out of Vengeance Day still your NXT Women's Champion, and I'm going to take down Toxic Attraction once and for all. Thanks, Roxanne. Roxanne Perez. Sometimes when she's cutting a promo, she sounds like she's about to start laughing. Yeah, yeah, she's yeah, definitely. She's still quite nervous. You can hear. Uh, yeah. She's improving. She'll 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 get better at the old promo game. But yeah, the not the strongest digital exclusive batch we've had. They just need Trick Williams on there to talk some nonsense every week. There's one more. This time it's Gallus talking about how they knocked out pretty deadly. Let's hear what Gallus has to say. Hi, hi, me. No one had any clue. Hi. Absolutely no idea. Gallus. Hi. A minute. I'll call you back. Hi, Joe. No. Oh. Well, you guys are officially back from suspension. Is it safe to assume that the reason you jumped Briggs and Jensen is because whoa, they're the ones whoa, that got whoa, used? Lies. Whoa. Who's seen me jump Briggs and Jensen? Listen, we're back because we've watched Pretty Deadly and the New Day make a joke out of this tag division. And you know what? We're coming for a big score. Ain't that right? Uh, you're right. And yeah. I want you to remember, Gallus boys on top. I shouldn't assume anything. <laughs> okay, that was actually hilarious. I like that. Um, interesting story development there. It wasn't Gallus who attacked the Insul Express. Ah, or, or are they lying? Are they no good, rotten, scoundrel liars, Boris? But maybe it wasn't. Maybe they just showed up and got this title, got this title match, squashed them pretty deadly, pretty boys. I, I guess well, a little bit of intrigue. We shall find out. Exactly. All right. So that is NXT Talk. Thank you for listening. But stay locked here on SNME Radio because we have so much coming up. We've got the All Elite Weekly coming at you. We got the Smack Daddies. We got episode two of Matthew Grant's journey from referee to professional wrestler on setting the standard coming on Friday. We also have the Rampage Ramble. We've got the Smack Daddies and then Mike McGuire is going to be coming at you with the news the and everything else that's happened in the week of professional wrestling. Uh, that's going to be a crazy episode coming up this Sunday. We also have part two of our top 122 of 2022. And honestly, thank you to everyone that has reached out. Like the, We're getting some amazing responses. And I just want to thank everyone. It just means so much uh, if you know, you've sent us a message and let us know that you like the episode. Really, really cool stuff. Absolutely. I, honestly, I am honored to do it. And uh, thank you so much for the kind words. And yeah, just a ton of fun. And we got part two coming at you matches 50 through one, including the 35 matches that I would say are all time classics. Uh, that happened this year, four and a half stars and above. So it's going to be a lot of fun. And then we'll see if uh, we're still doing this on February 4th, 2003. We'll bring you NXT Vengeance Day. Maybe we'll be bringing you Impact Under Siege Day or something like that. I don't know the Impact schedule, Boris. That's something I'm going to have to learn in the coming months. <laughs> the coming days. They have a paper <laughs> this Friday. Oh, really? Yeah, well, we'll have to give, it, give her a look-see. I'm covering it for Slam at SlamWrestling.net. My man, there you go. All right, but keep it locked if you want to listen to everything. You have to be a patron. 
patreon.com slash Radio. Uh, again, you know, the patron funds essentially keep the lights on and it gives us the opportunity to give you more shows. And that's exactly what we're going to be doing this year. We're going to be giving you more shows, more options. Let us know what you want us to cover. Let us know what you like. Let us know what you don't like. And, you know, again, everything on the network is for you. And I cannot wait for people to start seeing what we have planned. He's Matt. I'm Boris. Until next time, stay tranquilo. Go NBC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, can you imagine the day where NWA is like, you know, the, the lesser of two evils? <laughs> no. I, I, I want to see Triple H buy that for Billy Corgan, although Corgan's going to charge him a million. Triple H would be a billion dollars. Yes, yes, yes. They should start their own thing. Triple H and Regal should start their I wanna hit the red out of that fight someday.